want to say thank you to Emma and the worship band for leading us into worship because that was awesome. Um, I'm amazed at the talent that is here and and uh, just incredible. Everybody that's in the back running sound and stuff. So just a shout out, just to say thanks. Um, so I'm the new kid on the block. Anyways, um, tonight I want to talk to you about time, okay? Time. Um, and Jake created me a cool graphic. But tonight we're going to talk about the past. There, there's three forms of time that when I thought about time, um, it's the past, the present, and the future. But tonight I'm going to talk on the, the past. Um, time, I googled time to figure out what in the world is time. You know, I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so I decided, okay, let's pull out the laptop, let's google time. Um, time defined by Google, I don't know where they got this from, but anyways, surely Google's a reliable site. Um, a suitable moment, it is time to go. Like, don't you love it when your parents say, it's time to go, let's go, let's go. Get in the car, buckle up, let's go. Especially a lot of you junior hires that still don't have your own wills. They're like, okay, mom and dad, I guess I'll hop in the car and I'll go. But anyways, um, another definition of time is a person who's experienced on a particular occasion. He had a time holding back those tears. Have you ever had those moments when you really want to cry, but like you just can't? You just have to hold it back because that's just sometimes not cool to do or whatever. Or somebody hurt your feelings and you're like, I don't know. Um, I want to hold back my tears. Um, time is also defined as like clock time. So like right now it is 7.49. Okay? Um, so there's also another cool definition of time and it's prison time. How many of y'all like to be thrown in jail tonight and, you know, serve your time? Anyways, but tonight we're going to talk about past. And past is something that's happened before, right? It's just past. So my text comes from 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. And it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Um, the, the part that I really want to focus on tonight is in verse 10, which says, once you were not a people, which means in the past you weren't a people, um, but now you are a people. So my introduction is this. The other day, I went to a place called Igloos. Has anybody ever been to Igloos? Like, Pastor Steve took me to Igloos. It's in Peru, and they have, like, the best homemade French fries. Um, Like, Pastor Steve was telling me the history of they've been in existence for, like, 70 years, and they haven't changed their menu haven't changed anything. There's this old guy that comes around and takes your order and stuff like that. Um, but it was good food. I love food. Any of y'all know me. I, I love to eat. Ask Rachel. She has to cook for me all the time. But 
the cool thing is they haven't changed a thing. But I don't know if that's really a cool thing or not. I, I think in the life of Chosen Youth Ministry, things are changing. Apparently, the past four weeks have been a huge change. All of y'all have experienced the leaving of Pastor Deb, and then, okay, who's Pastor John? And what is this tall redhead to do it all about? What, what you know... We, we love Pastor Deb, and I even love Pastor Deb. I call Pastor Deb Jenny Mayo Jr. because I think she's so cool, and she's impacted so many lives. Um, so I think my point number one is remember where you came from. You know what? Just because Pastor Deb's gone doesn't mean I want you to forget those memories just because I arrived on the scene. That doesn't mean that I want you to forget the good times and the 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 cool things that she's imparted in your lives. Um, but we have to remember where we came from. I'm getting ahead of myself. But after all, we all came from someone, right? How many of y'all know who we came from? Who'd you come from, Reed? Your parents. But most importantly, you came from your mama. Okay? So Jake's got a little little clip for me here. This is this is when y'all are. Give him the evil look. That's all I get. I only get that little clip. Okay. There you go. So I think on the back of this door it says, "Never forget your roots." I think that's important. I don't think we should forget where Chosen Youth Ministry has, has come from. I think it's important that we remember Chosen Youth Ministries from when it was just, I think originally it was only this big, and there was only 10 people meeting. Um, I don't know all the history, but I do know that lives have been changed in this room. I do know that they're going to continue to be changed um, in this room. A lot of, a lot of, I see a lot of new faces that it just came up to Chosen Youth Ministries, and you're like, okay, I didn't really get to know Pastor Deb. Well, she was a cool person. Um, and, you know, I have some, I would say I have some pretty big shoes to fill. But I, I think I would just want to communicate to you tonight that, you know, just give, give us a chance. Let us, let us get to know you. I don't, I don't want Pastor Deb's relationship to necessarily change. It has changed, but I just want to get to know y'all. I want to be your friend. Let me and Rachel get to know you. Um, so the first point is remember where you came from. Um, I've heard of crazy stories of, of how this room was put together and how lights and, and I think on the other side of this wall there's a... There's a secret um, storage area, and there's just how it was wired, how much John Graper poured into this room, and Shelby's creativity, and everything else. Um, you know, so I want us to remember the cost that it took them. It, it didn't just, this room just didn't happen. It wasn't like, poof, it happened. It, it took blood, probably, sweat, tears, frustration, Money, you know, we all like to 
have money, but, you know, it took lots of money. It took a lot of their resources. And, you know, because of them, we are what Chosen Youth Ministries is today. We may not look the same. We may not talk the same. I'm a southern boy, so I probably have a draw, and you're all, all laughing about how I'm talking. But, you know, I think we should remember where we came from. We should never forget where we came from. Um, in the Old Testament, people built an altar. So anything that was significant in their lives, they would build an altar, like on the side of the road, and it was like a tombstone or a, a place that they could always refer back to. They could always refer back to that point where, you know what, God changed my life in that service, or, or God... God spoke to me on the mountain here, so Moses would come down and build an altar so, so he could remember. Um, so I, one must remember where they came from spiritually. That spot that you first gave your heart to God. That moment that you decided to sell out to the creator of the universe. The spot, the spot where your life was forever changed because of what God's done in you. To youth, I remember when I gave my heart to God. I was in the third grade. Uh, my teacher was Miss Norman. And, like, I remember cheating on, we had these things called SRAs. And they're like, you read them and then you take tests over them. I don't know if you'll ever experience that. But um, we had SRAs. And I remember God was convicting me. He was drawing me through his Holy Spirit so I could give my heart to him. And I sat at the stool of our bar in our kitchen with my mom and dad. My mom and dad were married at the time. And I gave my heart to God. That was a moment in my life that I would never forget. You know, I know that Rachel has a similar story, except she was way young. She got married when she, she, got married when she was four. no. She got saved when she was four years old. And what used to be Pastor Steve's old office in this church. So those are spots that we can never forget. Those are spiritual places that were forever changed. Another spot that I remember is when I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when I was called into ministry. I was at an Arkansas camp. And a lot of y'all, some of you 12-year-olds just got back from camp. And it was so cool. It was like my first big trip away from home. And, you know, I was just dealing with a lot of stuff in my life. And God met me at the altar. And I remember the exact spot in, at Mount, Mountain Valley Retreat Center where I gave, I rededicated my life, got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then the next day, I got called into the ministry. And who, who would have thought that God chose such a time as this for me to be speaking to a bunch of teenagers? You know, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, so first, we need to remember where we came from. We came from our mama, but more importantly, we came from, from people that had gone before us. You know, I've... I respect 
one of the charter members that, that still go to our church, Al and Wanda, they, they built the house that we live in. And if it wasn't for them and their vision to take care of pastors, me and Rachel wouldn't have a house. So, you know, there, there's certain people that you can look back to and say, you know what, those people impacted my life. Um, secondly, we can learn from others' past. You know, we can learn from others' past failures, past mistakes, past victories. Um, good counsel comes from mature people that you trust and respect. Um, listen to Proverbs eleven fourteen: For lack of guidance, the nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. Many times in your request to do what is right, a logical conclusion will come by talking out Poor choice of counselor could lead to your own destruction. Many friends are great people, but they are not always the ones who should help you make major decisions. So that, in, in Proverbs eleven fourteen, it says, you know, if, if you pick the wrong people to give you guidance, if you pick those friends that think it's cool to drink beer and do drugs and have sex and do all that fun stuff, you know what? They're going to lead you down a slippery slope. Um, it says pick wise people. Pick people that, that are going to follow after God. You know, pick great friends. You know, the coolest thing is God left us the Bible. It is our direction. Um, by reading, meditating, and memorizing the Bible, we fill our minds full of great things. We grow spiritually and, again, deeper understand of how God thinks. Which is important because we are trying to make decisions that will affect us today, which would affect our future and God's will. So, you know, you're like, okay, this is, this is past. You know, the Bible is written in the past, since we're talking about past tonight. The Bible is written in the past. So what, how, how is this relevant to me? How, how is this, you know, it's just a bunch of old stories, right? I mean, it's not really anything great. No, the, the Bible actually says in Hebrews 4.12 that the Bible is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. So it's living. It's not just words that somebody wrote in the past. It's actually living. It, it, it actually, when you read it, it comes alive. You know, we can learn from, from the Bible story of Jonah. You know, if we don't obey God... We could be swallowed by a fish. You know? I mean, we could. Maybe not literally, but we can be swallowed by the world and the things that it has to offer, and we could be swallowed by a fish. Or what about... What about Job? You know, he lost his family. He, he, he lost everything that he had, but he never once cursed God. That's the guy that I can learn perseverance from. That's, that's a person in the past that, that I could learn perseverance from. What about Paul and Silas? How many of y'all would like to be thrown in jail, chained, and whipped to a bloody pulp, and then you decide, okay, well, we're going to praise Jesus anyways? Y'all think y'all would be praising Jesus? I think I would be complaining personally. I think I would be... Um, God, why in the world am I in jail? What in the world's going on here? Why have you forsaken me? What did I do wrong? But you know what? All they were doing is sharing 
the love of Jesus all across the world, and they got thrown in jail. What about Esther? You know, what about her boldness to approach the king? Yeah, she was married to the king, but in those days, she wasn't allowed to go into the king's place because if she did, the king would, could cut off her head if she wasn't invited. She could die. It didn't matter if, you know, like me and Rachel, our husband and wife, it didn't really matter because you don't have permission to be near the king, off with your head. You know, I mean, it, 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 you know, but she, she approached the king because she knew for such a time as this that she was going to impact her world, that she was going to help lead the Jewish people out. You know, and what about the most incredible person in the Bible, which is Jesus? You know, he, he took a selfless act. He died for all of us, died for all our sins, which we really don't deserve. I mean, we're all pretty much scumbags, but, you know. But he took our place. He decided, you know what? I'm going to die for you, Reed. Or I'm going to die for Jake. Or I'm going to die for Emma. Or the other Emma. Or Makari. You know? And we didn't deserve that. You know, he shouldn't have had to take our place, but he chose to take our place. He chose to show us a selfless act of love when he didn't have to. So, first, we should remember where we came from. Second, we should learn from other, from the past experiences of others. And thirdly, we should take our experience of the past to impact someone else's future. See, it says past experiences. It's been said, failure sits on the doorsteps of success and victory. In other words, before you can succeed, you must fail first. You see, experience is a greater teacher. Um, the Apostle Paul was continually learning in Philippians 4, verse 11 and 13, that I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I could do everything through him who gives me strength. So, if you look at Philippians 4, 11, and 13, it pretty much says, you know what? I've been through good times. I've been through bad times in my past. But I've learned in whatever state I am is to be content. I've learned that I can trust God through anything. You know, what, whether it's through this transition in chosen youth ministry or, or it's climbing a Mount Everest. Whether it's in whether my parents are getting along and everything's going swell at home or whether it's, you know, my parents, are, are cool, and they love each other, and they're all lovey-dovey. You know, no matter what circumstance, Paul learned to be content. He learned that it, it was okay to, to be content. 
See, there was an old Chinese proverb that says, A man who keeps one eye on the past is blind in one eye. A man who keeps no eye on the past is blind in both eyes. Let me read that again. That's pretty good. A man who keeps one eye on the past is blind in one eye. But a man who keeps no eye on the past is blind in both eyes. So it, it, it pretty much means if you don't reflect on the past some, you're going to be blind to, towards the future. If you don't remember where you've come from, then how, how are you going to make a step forward in a, in a new direction? You know, I remember growing up, I was about four, well, no, I wasn't that, even that old. I was about 11. And something really impacted my life when I was 11. I wouldn't say it was the best time of my life. But when I was 11, um, I came home and I got a little talk. And the talk went like this. John, you need to sit down. I said, Okay. I'll sit down. Um, me and your mom don't love each other anymore. He said, okay, when did this happen? Um, you know what? We're, 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 Dad's going to leave and he's not going to come back for a very, very long time. Um, at that point in my life, I was shattered. I was wondering, where is God? Where, what, what did I deserve to do this? How, is this my fault? Is, is it my fault that my parents aren't getting along? Is it my fault that, you know, that my dad likes a new girl and doesn't like my mom anymore? So, I, I, I've, you know, I just share that story to let you know that, you know, that was a pivotal moment in my life. If it wouldn't have been for, for my youth group and it wouldn't have been for my coaches that rallied around me and, and stuff, I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be, you know, a pretty horrible sinner. You know, living it up, I would probably have two or three kids instead of one kid with multiple wives. I don't know. But anyway, just joking. But, um, you know, no, no matter what you guys are going through, God is there. God is there for you. You know, through this transition, I know it's, it's probably not easy. I mean, I went through three youth pastors in my whole high school career. And I would get close to them, and all of a sudden they would leave. And then I would get close to them again, and they were leave. And I would feel this sense of abandonment. I would feel this sense that, you know what, I'm not going to try again. I'm not going to, to try. But I also realized that if I didn't try, then how was I going to get to know the new guy? How was I going to, you know, I didn't base my relationship with God on a on a man, I base my relationship with God on the the fact that He died on the cross, that He sent Jesus to die on the cross and to take my place, to 
you know, and that that is where we're at. I mean, we're 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 at a crossroads. We're at a new chapter of chosen youth ministries. You know, we can decide where we're going to take the next step. You know, I'm excited to see what God's going to do. You know, just like my parents divorced, you know, I couldn't decide. I don't know if you'll ever heard the saying or not, but you know, I couldn't decide what what hand I was dealt. I didn't get to automatically say, "Okay, my parents are going to stay together." No, I didn't get to decide that. I got to decide how I was going to play the play the cards that I was handed. How I was going to um, to make a difference. How I was going to love my dad throughout all the hurt he was causing me. So this is my challenge for you this week. Um, the Bible says in John 10, 4, that his sheep will know the voice of the shepherd. In Psalms 46, 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Yes, God speaks to his people, but we must first listen to his voice. So this week, I just want you to get alone with God, and I want you to reflect on the past. I want you to reflect on where you've come from, you know, besides your mama. I want you to reflect where you come from. What, 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 helped, you, what helped you know God? What, what drew you to God? You know, because just because your parents come to church, just because you wear the right clothes or you show up at Chosen Youth Ministry doesn't necessarily mean that you have a relationship with God. Just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac. No, it just doesn't. Um, so this week, I just want you to reflect. I want you to think about the past. I want, to, I want you to think about the people that have impacted your life. The, the people that have impacted your life. You know what? The Bible is a great place, if you're going through some problems in life, to, to reflect on. You know what? Find, find that person that, that needs courage. You know? I'll just be honest with you. I was a little nervous tonight because um, I'm used to talking to kids. I'm really used to just talking to kids and, and stuff. So this is a whole new thing for me. But, you know, I remember in prayer last night that, that Emma said, you know what, we need to go in boldness. And, you know, that really stuck with me to reflect on Esther and how she approached the king even though she might have been killed. You know? So, that's your challenge for the week. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you. I thank you for every young person in this room, God. And I pray right now that you would just move on them by your spirit this week. Lord, that as they reflect on where they came from, Lord, that they would truly know you, Lord. That they would be thankful for those who have poured in their lives, God, and invested in them, like Pastor Deb and like the Grapers. And God, I pray right now that, God, as we move forward, God, as Next week I talk about the present, God. That as we move forward, that you would just go before us. That, God, that chosen youth ministries would be what you want it to be, God. Not, 
Not my agenda, not anybody else's agenda, but Lord, what you want it to be, God. God, thank you for every every teenager that's come in these doors, God. God, I pray that they would just truly this week love you with their whole hearts, Lord, and everything they do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.